Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to the 24th and final episode of the TFG1 podcast. I'm your host, TFG1 Mike, and I am joined by Steve Megatron. Hello, sir. Hip, hip, hooray. How are you? Great. And Michael Wilson. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Uh, and up next, you're going to hear the rebirth theme and then the general chat. Hello, and uh, before we get into um, the episodes today on the 24th episode of the TFG1 podcast, I would just like to point out something <laughs> um, about the rest of Season 3 and then Rebirth, is that Springer is completely absent. So my theory in the Only Human review, uh, if it had happened, would have come true. So it's... you mean he didn't get put back in his real body and got squished by a machine? Yes. He's dead. He's gone. Boom! <laughs> Um, other than that, this is the 24th episode, the final episode for now. Uh, technically, this is this is it for for TFG1. I am joined by Steve Megatron. Hello, sir. Yes. yes. And uh, Michael Wilson. Hello. I'm still here. Yes, you're still here. Uh, you you're actually probably going to be playing a larger role down the line. Oh my. Yes, I recommended you to Steve. For co-cast because I know nothing about GI Joe. Oh. I mean, I know stuff, but I'm not like that. It's not like G1. I'm not that passionate about it. So, so yeah, that that that'll be something further for you to do. Yes. In in podcasting, and you'll have to find all that details out from Steve because I have nothing to do with that. I like what? that show. <laughs> you I, haven't I even like that show too. Started it yet? I mean, GI Joe, you douche. Oh. <laughs> um, so what's been going on with you guys this week? Uh, I guess Michael can go first. Uh, I can't say that anything has been going on with me this week. Um, it's, you know, the same old, same old. Uh, the deck isn't done yet. Uh, <laughs> I haven't bought any new toys. So, um, yeah, I'm horribly, horribly boring. <laughs> The deck isn't done yet because you've been cleaning out your closet. 
Well, no, it's, I'm not the one building the deck. It, oh. It, you know, we have a contractor building the deck, but you know, it's been raining and on and off. Like, it rained a little bit today. You know, he, he's almost done. I'd give it maybe three, four more days of, of solid labor, but uh, you know, we, we're still waiting on some parts to come in for the railing. We need some skirt board. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it'll probably be over in a, a week to get it all done. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's better than a week than, than, than four months. I guess. I mean, we have, uh, our, well, both of our son's birthdays, uh, well. Gavin's was the other day, wasn't it? Yeah. Gavin just yeah. turned one. Yeah. Aiden will be three, uh, August 29th. So we're having a single birthday party in the middle. So August ah. 15th. So the deck has to be done by then. And I'm going to see what we can do about maybe a little backyard uh, landscaping. Cool. For the yes. party. Put it in the water park. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's already got, yeah, he's got like a, a slip and slide. Um, did you ever fix your, your Project 365 that I told you about? Uh, probably not. Uh, I yeah. haven't touched the project. You know, I've actually had people uh, that, that – commented very often on my uh, Flickr account that are, you know, sending me emails saying, what's up, man? You haven't updated in a month. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, shit I was, to do. After, after he linked me to the Octane image, um, which I put up for the ToyCast thread, the display images thread, I was going through it and looking at it, and I'm like, okay, cool, he put Blaster up, except the fact that He's wrong about when Blaster first premiered. It wasn't in the movie. He was in season two. <laughs> Found me out. You didn't see the. Or you didn't. You didn't notice uh, which one of those images were mistransformed, though. No, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really looking that close. People are usually pretty good about pointing out. Oh yeah, you screwed that one up. Well, uh, majority like, of the ones like closer to the end of the 212 images is like monster bots, which I don't consider as transformers. The, uh, the Monstructor? Yeah. Oh, well, because they, they weren't introduced before Rebirth? I don't know. Yeah, no, they, they weren't. They were in the Japanese continuity. Uh, well, we all know how I feel about the Japanese continuity. <laughs> it didn't well, the, fucking exist. <laughs> if there would have been a few more episodes there in Season 4, then maybe they would have shown up with the with the rest of the Micromasters. Yes. Um... Yeah, do, uh, so what's what's been going on with you this week, Steve? Too many episodes. <laughs> Too many episodes. Uh, well, you I know. think I almost died of shock. Died of shock? After, yes. a, after adding them all up? Yes. <laughs> too many. Way too many. Watching. <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't watching stuff. This is... Our content that he's talking about. Yes, I, I released a movie we can review late. We had two episodes of TFG1 last week, so we had a double shot of that. We had a double shot of ATTF this week. We had a Tooncast. We had three toy casts, I believe. Yep. Uh, there was a headshot, a new lunch table, and coming soon a Cobra cast. Yes, which uh, lunch table we have nothing to do with. No. So I mean that that that's just like a a cross link promotion, but. You know. But they they did pimp out our shows. Cool. Yes. I'll, I'll, have, nice. I'll have to listen yes. to that. Um, well, I mean, I, uh, is this completely blowing away the uh, like a weekly schedule or some such? Or? No, not really. It, it, what it boils down to is like me that. being bored. Like, no, seriously. Like, 
Like last yeah. night when I recorded Toycast 9, it was like, okay, I have nothing to do. I got on Skype, talked to a couple of guys, said, hey, do you, do you guys want to do this? We just did it. And then uh, my other buddy, uh, Optimus Garage Gary, he, um, he came on. Um, a little late, and said, you know, hey, what are you guys talking about, blah, 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 and that's where the ATTF's uh, SDCC special came from, because we were all look, trying to look at the the new images for, for the SDCC stuff last night, and that's, you know, really where it came from. I mean, now that TFG1's over, I'm concentrating on M-Wire and Tooncast, and that's pretty much it. Right. Well, I would and, say, though, and, that there, and, there's nothing And those wrong shows with... are weekly, so... Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with having a buffer. So, I mean, if, if you end up recording two shows back-to-back just for the fun of it because you got some spare time and some buddies, yeah. uh, it probably wouldn't hurt to maybe hold one back yeah. and, and release it at a later time so that way you don't have to scramble like you've been scrambling. Well, know, I mean, I wasn't even scrambling last night. I, I just recorded them for the hell of it. And, of course, you know, I tried my hand at the editing since since with this call recorder I can record both sides of the audio and I don't – because I'm, I'm not one that knows how to – how to mesh up audio like Steve does. So I think, you know, what the hell? And I just told Steve about it, and I was like, you know, if you want to put them up, fine. If you want to wait, fine, whatever. But I just wanted to let him know that I recorded them. And then I put them all up anyway. (laughs) Now, that was not my decision. That that was on him, so. Guess guess what? (laughs) Can't blame me for that. So so the the onus is on Steve now. Steve, it's okay to have a buffer. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like being behind. You're ahead of the game. You're not behind. I mean, no, in my mind, I'm always behind. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, a joke there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there's a joke there somewhere, but I'm not going there. I'm just too lazy to pull it out right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, do we have any other general chat that we want to talk about before we actually get into the final three episodes of G1? Scourge is the best Decepticon in the this saga. Um, possibly. Yes, I I'm prejudiced. What do you mean? What do you mean? Are you talking about G1 Scourge? Of course, he's talking about G1 Scourge. Well, I'm just saying there's a lot of scourges out there. You know, since we're talking about because well, I can do his voice. Uh, oh, that one. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a milk crate full of uh, broken transformers. If anybody, wants them, if anybody wants them, send a reply on Twitter to Pecan Court Michael. <laughs> yeah, P-E-C-A-N-T-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. M-O-U-S-E. And, yeah, I mean, literally, it's just a box or a milk crate full of broken Transformers that I don't really have any use for, and I'm not going to give them to my boy because they're all broken. They're missing, like, heads and arms and shit like that. <laughs> but I mean, if there's a kit basher out there who couldn't live without him, then yeah, yeah, I'd be willing to part with him. Um, I should let everybody know that probably before the before the um, the outro and the uh, and the closing theme, I will be playing the full David Wise interview from the um, season four disc off the Rhino set because I think it's a very interesting interview. Copyright be damned. Yeah, we don't care about copyright on GeekCastRadio.com. <laughs> yeah. Did you wow. listen to the end of uh, Headshot? Like, yes, I did. I was like, oh my god, no, what the hell did he put on there? You're, you're talking about not being happy with me putting the Beast Machines theme on, on ATTF. I was like, what the hell is that? 
Yeah. Whenever you I get think. a chance, Michael, go over and listen to Headshot Episode 4. Okay. Which, that's not in iTunes yet, Steve. What? What's that? It's not in iTunes yet. That's because I didn't submit it to iTunes. Oh. That, that's one of those ones that I'm not really meaning to get out completely. Well, no, but, I mean, it would be nice to have it in iTunes. I, I don't know, whatever. That's where the majority of people go when they want to subscribe to podcasts. Yeah. Well, that one's more so a rant, so they can get that one exclusively from geekcastradio.com. That makes sense. All right. Well, I think we're going to get into some episodes today. Optimus Prime! I'm... I'm okay, Ultra Magnus. Ever since I released the energy of the Matrix, I've had these overwhelming feelings that something's going to happen. Something big. A Decepticon attack? Bigger than that. Something unbelievable. Optimus Prime! We got every Decepticon in the known universe heading right down our throats! It's starting. Alright, first up is Rebirth Part 1, and actually the way we're going to do this, we are going to talk about them individually, um, so you guys can hear the audio in between the segments like normal, but we're going to have it as just one long discussion um, at the same time. So, in Part 1, all three, the whole saga was written by David Wise. Um, it is the year 2007, and although life is peaceful, peaceful for the Autobots, Optimus Prime has seen worrisome visions of the future. In their first movement in months, the entire Decepticon Armada attacks Autobots sitting on Earth in search of the key to the plasma energy chamber, a volatile energy source. With the key in hand, Galvatron leads his forces to Cybertron, where he sends Scourge deep into the planet to activate the plasma energy chamber. A surge of plasma energy strikes an Autobot shuttle, sending it and its crew of 12 clear across the galaxy, where it crash lands on the planet Nebulos. There, are Autobots, there the Autobots learn of the Nebulan Civil War with their evil masters, the Hive. The battle reaches a new level when five of the Autobots volunteer to merge with the Nebulons, creating a new breed of Transformer, the Headmasters. Um... This I you know my I I I think the, these three episodes are probably ones that Michael and I are going to disagree about for the majority almost the entirety of all three. Um, the first thing I noticed when I started watching these, I did watch them on the Rhinos that it shows as regular episodes, but it also shows them in movie form like the VHS was. First thing I noticed in the title sequence was shiny robots. <laughs> No, because if you look at the very beginning of the title sequence where it shows Hot Rod, Cup, and Blur, they're like they're like glossy, shiny, and then it combines new animation and uh, season the part. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the season three intro. As far as yeah. the visual. Well, you know where the shiny shit comes from, right? I'm not sure I want to even answer that. Ask that question. It comes from Headmasters. Oh, yeah. yeah. You thought I was going to turn it to a dirty joke. Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> I should know you by now when you're when you're talking about crap like that, but um He did say headmaster. Yeah, so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh they're a big headmaster too. Uh, uh-huh. Oh good lord. The, um, the other thing like just as far as the title sequence what I noticed was the Metroplex City mode that's driving down the little street before it transforms looks miniaturized. It doesn't look like Metroplex's actual size in the cartoon. As far as the city mode. I did not notice that. Well, there is a picture over on predaconempire.com slash cafe spark under the G1 screenshots thread. You can go over there and look at it because I took a screenshot of it. Enter now. Yes, enter now. Join the empire. <laughs> Surrender to us. Would you like to know more? <laughs> yes. Uh, All your sites belong to us. <laughs> um, hey, kids, look, it's Goldbug. <laughs> Bumble jumper. <laughs> it's Bumble jumper. <laughs> oh God. Optimus Prime's been having overwhelming feelings. Hmm. That's <laughs> those hormones. That's it. I was gonna say. I knew that that was yeah. gonna get a bad joke somewhere. Son, yeah. I think it's time we had the talk. Your <laughs> Cullen says, "Oh, Dad." <laughs> but I have to talk to uh, Alpha Trion. <laughs> I have to go in the Matrix. <laughs> I have to merge with it. <laughs> oh, bad the visual. are raging. He's merging every night. Bad sometimes visual. two, three times a day. God, that's almost as bad as the crotch joke. It's a nice, warm... Crotch farmers. <laughs> crotch farmers! More than meats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, more than meats that the pie? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Punch follows Wingspan and Pounce to see what they're up to. They attack him and then steal a black key from the vault. Um, I would like to mention, um, and I guess I could wait until the thoughts, but I'm not really going to since the majority of my thoughts go along with the synopsis, but, um, I really do like Punch, Counterpunch. I thought that was a really cool character. <laughs> what? He no, it punch. wasn't. What? I don't like either one. Well, yes. It's like it's like you can't see right through him. He's like, "Hey, you guys, uh, I'm a Decepticon now, but I'm pretty sure that there's another Dinobot around the corner, and he looks just like me, except turned around. Here I am." Yeah, but the differences were <laughs> the the differences were Punch doesn't have a faceplate over his mouth, and Counterpunch does, and they're you know, have, and they're I different colors. No, I half expected to see Ooh, Punch. pretty colors. Yeah, you have to expect to see Punch kind of, you know, leaning around the door jam, you know, and then with his other arm kind of reaching around to make it look like he was somebody else grabbing his own head and kind of like, punching himself in the face around the side of the door. Oh, Lord. That way he can say, headshot. 
He's uh, <laughs> like, no, it's not really. Headshot. <laughs> yeah, I knew it would take you a minute to find. No, it wouldn't. I was waiting for him to say something <laughs> so I could do it over your voice. Um, no, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know what I like about him. I, I like the fact that, that I mean, you know, everybody knows I'm a fan of the Triple Changers, and I just like the fact that he's kind of like a spy bot, even though he doesn't have that big of a role. Um, I just like the fact that, that he can change like that. I don't know, it's kind of cool. Well, I, I know in Headmasters he um, ends up using that feature way too many times to the point that his logic circuits become confused and he becomes mostly de- uh, Decepticon. Yeah, yes. So, so you know, you're going to bring up Headmasters enough to the point where Mike is going to want to actually review... Japanese TV shows. I have a feeling that if we did it, it would only be like a one-shot episode. And it would not be on TFG1 Podcast. G1 ends with Rebirth. Period. End of story. If Steve wanted to do it... On yeah, it would more so be in All yeah, Things TF. Yeah, I was going to say, it would be on All Things Transformers. It would not be on this. Not at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Yes, very much so. Um, so the next thing I have written down here is... The Decepticon attack is a diversion. Prime and Magnus must find out for what the diversion was for, though. The Decepticons head for Cybertron, and the Autobots try to get there before them. Optimus explains what the energy, uh, the plasma energy chamber is, um, which, if this thing existed for millions of years, why the hell are the Decepticons just finding it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably because I, Megatron was smart enough not to mess with it. Uh, yeah, that might be the case. I, I think I brought it up in, in uh, episode 22 that I believed that the writing in Rebirth was bad, and le- or at least faulty, in the sense that Galvatron never has a plan. He never had a plan all through season three, and now suddenly, hey, I've got this brilliant idea. I think I'm going to... You know X, Y, and Z. But you know, the, ma- the master plan is yet to be shown. But but the fact that he has a plan shows me that this was poorly written. Well, uh, I I mean not that I'm trying to kiss David Wise's ass or anything, but I do have to kind of stand up for him because the majority of his episodes that he wrote throughout the series were fairly good ones, uh, especially War Dawn, um, which was originally intended to be the most violent Transformers episode ever. The um, I know this is going off topic of Rebirth, but the uh, the scene where uh, Orion Pax meets Megatron, um, Megatron uh, ripped his you know shot him, ripped his arm off, and we did see that. But David says in the interview that I'll play later that uh, what you didn't see was that Megatron actually decapitated Orion Pax with his own arm. <laughs> nice. So um, I don't know, uh, you know. Well, I, I, I can understand if maybe he had written more to it in the sense that maybe Cyclonus was there saying, Galvatron, I really think we should do this, and maybe we should do this. And Galvatron's like, well, could we kill more Autobots that way? And Cyclonus would be like, sure, yeah. you know. So it's actually somebody much smarter and much more strategically minded calling the shots, and then Galvatron just going along with yeah. it. I could see that. I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but again, like I mentioned to you off-air in that same interview that will be played later at the end of this episode, uh, David Wise said that Sunbow called him up, wanted him to do a five-parter that would be the entire four, fourth season of the G1 cartoon, right. and then he got another call saying Sunbow had a budget cut. It's now a three-parter. So he had said in the interview that a lot of the story was lost. Um, right, and that that 
may have been part of the story. Yeah. Uh, I, we we can't know for sure, yeah. but uh, I think that would have made a stronger, you know, stronger uh, plot Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, plasma energy is lethal. It is raw energy and will kill any metallic or robotic being. Uh, That's a good thing to have in the middle of a robotic planet. metal yeah. planet. Yeah. <laughs> The factions start a battle while Scourge is trying to sneak down to the plasma energy chamber to open it. Brainstorm and the others, along with Spike, follow him. Once the chamber is open, it overloads Scourge and blasts the Autobot shuttle halfway across the galaxy. Um, just just on Brainstorm, he reminds me of Wheeljack. Really? I was thinking Perceptor. No, hell no. Fuck Perceptor. No, Wheeljack, because Wheeljack always had the crazy inventions and stuff, and, you know, you would think that, I'm sorry, but, you know, had, you know, humans inside Autobots' bodies, that's a nutso idea, if you think about it. It works. <laughs> not saying it doesn't work, but that's something that I think Wheeljack would, would come up with if he had the chance, if he yeah. was still alive. I think it was about... Uh, <laughs> Once crash landing on Nebulos, the Autobots are captured by Nebulon rebels. Spike tries to reason with the rebels and fails. The Decepticons show up, and a battle um, ensues. Back on Cybertron, uh, Optimus tells Fastlane and Cloudraker, who I know they were introducing a whole bunch of characters, but who are these guys supposed to be? I mean, like, what kind of Transformers are they? Are they part of the Techno? I don't know if they're Technobots. Are they part of the Throttlebots, or what faction are they? No, they're, they're twins. Okay. No, Flashlane and Cloudrake. It's kind of like uh, Pounce and Wings. Oh, okay. Oh, they're twins, and then, and the, but they have different alt modes. <laughs> well, Fastlane and Cloudraker have the same robot mode, but one turns into a jet, one turns into a plane. Oh, okay. Um, I think I got a picture of them, too, on my Flickr. Okay. Uh, yeah. Flickr. No, don't Flickr. Anyway... <laughs> Anyways, um, when he tells them to search the planet for the key afterwards, he transforms alongside Magnus. Ultra Magnus has a different transformation. In season three, he when he transformed from robot to to the the missile truck, he like turned around, like like say he's say he's facing you. For him to transform into his alt mode, he turned around and his truck came down. In this one, he transformed like Optimus does with the cab and then his trailer came up like Optimus does. Oh, kind of, yeah, I that, saw that. It was cool because they were side by uh, side. I liked it, but I just thought it was kind of weird because I was so used to the other one. Yeah. Uh, back on Nebulos or Nebulon or whatever, because they actually say, t they actually call the planet two different things. They call it Nebulos and then um, they call it Nebulon which is that's a that's a flub. Maybe Nebulon is the capital. I don't know. Uh, or whatever the f yeah back on back on Nebulos or Nebulon whatever the fuck the planet is called the Decepticons arrive and a battle begins. Gort realizes that the Autobots uh, are not yeah, the bad guys, but the Decepticons are the bad guys and. Um, yeah, so basically, they release the Autobots, Decepticons come in, kick ass, take a whole bunch of hostages. Um, during the battle, Daniel is injured, and Spike asks them if there's anything that they can do for him. They attempt to save his life by putting him on life support until a more portable way comes along. Um, before all, or 
after that, Gord explains what the Hive is and who they are, and and we are in, introduced to the Nebulon Rebels, um, which I will oh, screw it. I'll I'll go through and read them. Eros, Stylor, Arcana, and Gort are the main leaders, and then you have the Sharpshooters, Pinpointer, Firebolt, Recoil, Haywire, Peacemaker, and Spallsport. These six Sharpshooters all become the Autobot Target Masters, which we will talk about um, uh, in the next part of the discussion for this. Um, Let's see. All right, so after these introductions, Spike and Brainstorm realize that the only way to destroy the Hive is to combine the Nebulons, and the Autobots into Headmasters, thus ending this first part of the story. And here is that audio. Autobots, you are about to become Headmasters. And we're going to move on to our thoughts. We'll be right back. All right, it is now time for our thoughts. Um... As I said before, Michael and I are probably going to have the largest disagreement over these episodes because, I, you know, everybody knows the majority of my notes is is the synopsis, and I can kind of form my own opinions off of what he has written down or whatever if he's taking his own notes. Unfortunately, he didn't do his true podcasting duty and take notes on these episodes because he doesn't like them. <laughs> yes, I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> There is a bus involved. Yes. I, you know, I was watching these, and there was really nothing to write down, unless I was going to sit and write down the names of all the new toys that were introduced. It's like, oh, wait, first we have to introduce these 20 new characters. And, oh, look, here's Six Shot. He shows up for 30 seconds and destroys all of the aerial bots. The aerial bots are like, should we combine and maybe kick his ass? No, let's let him kick our ass. So they all get taken out. Uh, you know, and then, then oh, now that now that that's happened, let's go ahead and introduce another 15 characters. So there's all these characters being introduced in this monster, you know, battle royale, and you know, we're we, we're we're kind of lacking any any story. Uh, and you you know, you're gonna say, oh, but there's a story. Well, yeah, we got a, a group that is sent clear across space. Uh, you know, farther than than really anyone has ever gone before, and stranded there, they end up very quickly followed by a group of Decepticons who don't have you know the the same. Uh, uh, hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I am such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Plasma energy uh, fueled engine that they had. Now, but somehow now, they catch now hold on. Hold on. I, I do have to dispute that because 
Scourge does say in the episode that ship left a particle trail a mile wide. All we have to do is follow it, and we'll catch up with them soon enough. So right. just to, just as far as how far as they cut up with how fast as they cut up with them, is probably a timing issue on the episode because you don't want to waste like, you know, two or three, four or five minutes on the Decepticons traveling in space trying to find the Autobots. So I mean, well, let me put this in terms that, that Steve will appreciate, and which means I'm going to roam into Trek. Uh, oh, if you, you have Voyager, right? Voyager yeah. gets shot into from the Alpha Quadrant to the Delta Quadrant, billions of miles away, or, or not even miles, but yeah, billions of miles away or light years away. Light years. It's going to take them 80 years to get back, and and that's kind of how I equated uh, this plasma energy shooting the Autobots clear across the universe. And and they're like, wow, man, we're kind of stuck here. What are we going to do? And our ship's blown up, and holy crap, and and the Decepticons, oh, they get there about two hours later. <laughs> I just didn't think that made any sense. No. You know, and not, not only do they do they do it, they show up, but then uh, they easily get their ass handed to them by very, very human, with the exception of the green tinge, you know, uh, human-looking characters. The frogmen. The, I, I, no, I, uh, they don't have their asses handed to them right away. The Decepticons. The Decepticons the, the, kick well, them. The Autobots shown up, and the minute they see these guys, they capture them with their energy whips. So okay, we, okay, yeah, yeah that, oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. talking about when I thought you were talking about when the Decepticons showed up and the, and the battle started. Okay. Oh, no, the Decepticons for the first time in three years become badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like, haha! Finally, we can kick some ass, and we're gonna start with these schmoes. <laughs> uh, but you know, the Nebulons, you know show up with their energy whips and quickly capture everybody. Yeah. Now, we're talking about nine million years of Decepticon warfare that these guys have survived, especially Cup. I mean, shame on you, Cup. And and the Nebulons capture them without a second thought. It's like, haha, we have you now and you're in our power and we're going to take you to our cave. They're like, they're like you know, Al-Qaeda. No, 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 no. Uh, Again, the the Geekcast Radio Network and the TFG1 podcast is not responsible for anything Michael Wilson says on this podcast. But uh, okay, the kids neither terrorists. Not not really. How do you? Okay, okay, okay. Stop, stop, stop. Rebelling against the established government of the planet. So which the government is evil and it enslaves people. Oh, they don't enslave anybody because they have their own workforce. They're, mach- they're robotic. Exactly. The machines enslave people for the for the hive. So, the, okay, you know, the only reason why I can kind of make make sense of it and kind of overlook the fact that the Autobots got captured right away was because they weren't looking for a fight. They were acting all peaceful and everything else, and these people just, you know, decide to capture them. And it wasn't, you know... Yeah, yeah, very easily, I might add. Well, right, but... That it, was my original point, is... supposed to plot point, though, because they eventually release them, they eventually team up, and then all this other crap happens. Well, they release them after they get their ass handed to them. Oh. It's like, oh, crap, they're, the Subdecons are kicking our shit all up and down the street backwards. Uh, we better let these guys go so they can cover our ass. The, minute, the magnetic bombs, let them have it! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, so we have these Orion slave traders, right, and hiding in caves, that uh, having their ass handed to them, and the only thing they can do 
is let the Autobots go. And then somehow con them into tearing off their own heads. <laughs> now, now that, that that's inaccurate because Spike <laughs> was the one that brought it up, and Brainstorm was the one that brought it up earlier when they were on Cybertron. Um, and I do have to kind of go back to those beginning scenes of this first part of the of the three parter. I'm sorry. I understand Optimus is back. That's that's all well and good. I I enjoy that. They made Hot Rod a bitch in this episode. <laughs> no, seriously. First he should be. Shut the hell up. As he should shut the. Be. <laughs> shut the fuck up, you sons of. You smug son of a. Um. No, I will terminate you. Whatever. Anyways, um. <laughs> but no, seriously. That they took his characterization down so much. All he is good for is. Racing against Blur and beating Blur. Uh, Other than the the fact that Blur is, like, halfway neurotic during the race and doesn't pay attention to what he's doing, you know... You you know what? The only way this could have been better is if Galvatron and Prime were having a one-on-one battle to the death, and just as Prime was about to win... Hot Rod ran up behind Galvatron and said, Oh, no, you don't, Galvatron! And got Prime killed again. You smug son of a... Yeah, but if you watch Headmasters, you won't have that issue. If you watch Headmasters, he dies again. <laughs> because anyway. technically, because because this this whole three-parter doesn't yes, exist. Yes, it does. It's not well, in Japan. But... After the return of Optimus Prime, then ends season three, and then uh, season four is We're Headmasters. in the United States of America, damn it. You know what? They should have made it. They should have, and it would have been great. It would have been great. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not Transformers without Prime dying. Well, and see, that's the thing. In in Japan, in Headmasters, uh, they killed joke. they killed Prime again three episodes in. Okay. Yeah. He merged with Vector Sigma, and uh, Rodimus came back, and then uh, only to revive Prime again in um, the Headmasters series later on as the Power Master Prime. Only to kill him off again in victory and bring him back as somebody else. So, do we? Um, do you have any thoughts over this first uh, first part of the part of the story, Steve? As far as this episode goes, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of plot or uh, character development. It was just mostly go go go, and uh, a lot of the characters were hit or miss, and you either saw characters from earlier seasons or ones that only made like a quick. 10 seconds of uh, scenes and then were never seen again. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I do really like the overall story with Optimus Prime, though. That 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 I I think that does have a a whole lot of good stuff into it. But that's just well, me. yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we're gonna move on. Charge! What the devil? On the next exciting episode of Transformers, the operation to merge the Autobots and Nebulons into Headmasters is completed. <laughs> hey, Duros! Welcome to the club! Glad to be aboard! But the Decepticons make a sinister deal with the Hive and counterattack as Decepticon Headmasters and Targetmasters. Decepticon Targetmasters, attack! Decepticon Headmasters, destroy! 
While on Cybertron, Optimus Prime merges with the supercomputer Vector Sigma and discovers the deadly secret of plasma energy. One bolt did all that? It is raw energy. It seeks out any entity that transforms matter into energy. New Headmasters, new Target Masters, and colossal new super robots, all in part two of The Transformers Rebirth. I think we're in trouble! Last episode, the Decepticons stole the key to the plasma energy chamber, the forge where the Autobots were created millions of years ago. The Autobots regained the key, but a blast of plasma energy blew the Autobots clear across the galaxy. They crashed on the planet Nebulos and were captured by Nebulon rebels who feared that the Autobots were controlled by the evil rulers of Nebulos known as the Hive. But after the Decepticons landed on their planet and waged a brutal battle taking five of the Autobots prisoner, the Nebulon rebels agreed to help the remaining Autobots. And so, with danger looming from every side and his son Daniel gravely wounded, Spike attempts to unite the Nebulon rebels and the Autobots into a new life form, the Headmasters. Alright, we are going to move on to the second part of the discussion. And I know you guys have already heard it, but seeing as how the... Uh, we had some technical difficulties. I have to read this again. Uh, Optimus Prime delves into Vector Sigma to look for guidance and discovers not only the location of his missing shuttle crew, but also that the very future of Cybertron is at stake. On Nebulos, Cyclonus and his Decepticons are captured by the Hive, and so are born the Decepticon Headmasters and Target Masters. Um, let's see. Rebirth, Part 2. Um... We basically have um, the Autobots now have the Headmasters. Um, they're now merged. They're going to destroy some Hive machines. Uh, the Decepticons are interrogating the captured Autobots when the new Headmasters show up and pretty much kick their ass and get their friends back. Optimus Prime uses the shell of the Matrix to merge with Vector Sigma. He learns of how dangerous the plasma energy is and finds the key to the chamber is the key to a miracle. Uh, the Hive capture the Decepticons and make a deal with them to get Target Masters and Headmasters so that they can overcome the Autobots and regain the key. The Decepticon Head and Target Masters are Target Masters are Nightstick, Aimless, uh, Cannon Burst, Blowpipe, Freakus. The Headmasters, whatever. I think he says Freakus in the show. I, that's just the way I spelled it. I think he says Freakus. I don't. Yeah, know. Like, what the like hell fracus. is a Freakus? Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. It's a, yeah, pronounced fracas. Look it up. Anyways, uh, the headmasters are Sprasna, Krunk, Monzo, and two other ones. Don't know. Grax. Uh, whatever. Uh, Grax is the, uh, uh, the alligator. Oh, yeah, that's right. Skull cruncher. Yes. The Autobots find Cerebros and get him back to the caves just as the Decepticons attack with their new target masters. Uh, the Decepticons regain the key, but not before Brainstorm gets the skin of Nightstick to make the Autobot target masters, who are... Recoil, Firebolt, Pinpointer, Haywire, Peacemaker, and Spallsport. Throughout the battle, RC gets the key from Scourge, just as Zarek comes up from the ground in the new Super Headmaster, Scorbinok. Thus ending the second part of Rebirth. And I think, do you guys have, do you guys want to say anything about the actual plot before we go into our thoughts? No. Negative. Alright, so we're going to go into our thoughts next. <laughs> Alright, we are going to go on to our thoughts for the second part of the Rebirth episode. Um, 
Let's see. I think we left off with um, me trying to defend Optimus in the story and Michael just basically shooting everything down, saying he, he is a Rodimus from Season 3. Well, <laughs> well... So well, basically, you want Optimus to come back to life, but then you insult them for the way they bring him back and the way he acts. Yeah, I want him to be, you know, the season one Optimus Prime. I want him to be the Optimus Prime who's the bearer of the Matrix with nine million years of accumulated Autobot wisdom. You know, I want him to, to be the one who stands up and says, I have the grand vision and the master plan, and this is how everything should be because I'm the leader and, and everyone knows that I'm going to make the best decisions and, and lead everyone, uh, you know, in the right direction. Whereas here, uh, he's he's kind of unsure of himself still yet. I mean, we're hearkening back to uh, the end of season three where he's like, you know, I just don't have a plan. I, I don't have the Matrix anymore, and I'm not entirely sure uh, what to do next. And he's still kind of here now. Uh, I mean... But even with that... Even without that plot device, when he couldn't come up with a plan, you knew shit was bad. I mean, if Optimus can't come up with a plan, there's something really, really wrong in the universe. Well, well, there's obviously something wrong, because not only does he not have a plan right off the bat, but now he's going on intuition. It's, <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, I had a dream, and it was an nasty dream, and I think something bad's going to happen. And that, you know... the you know the G one, not G one Prime. Yeah, the uh, the season one Prime, the se- you know season two Prime, wouldn't have had bad dreams. You know he would have, you know, just known from experience and prior knowledge of how the world works and how things are, are supposed to be. Whereas here, he's like, well, I'm, I had a bad feeling about this, and you know I know you're going to make this uh, connection. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Later on, between Beast Machines and, uh, you know, G1 here, or Rebirth, for that matter. But... You know, I'm kind of making the equation between Prime having visions and Optimus Primal, you know, kind of communing with uh, the Oracle, where, you know, he's like spouting off, you know, mystical mumbo jumbo, and he says to everybody else, oh, the seeds of the future are buried in the past, don't you know? Mm-hmm. And everyone else is looking at him like, man, you got to screw loose, and clearly you're not fit to lead. Uh, you know, and and Cheetor actually picks up the the mantle and and leads in his stead because the guy's a nutcase. You oh. know, whereas here, Prime says, "I'm having visions," and everyone else goes, "Hey, 
wow, Primus led us fine for the last nine million years. If he has a vision, psh, he's got a vision. Not a big deal. Well, I mean, you know, the beast, the beast stuff we'll get into once we start the Beast Unleashed podcast eventually. Whenever some really nice listener will donate the DVDs to me. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, seeing as how the other record didn't go through, I went the better route this time. I, I, feel, I anyway. feel obligated to say that they will end up in your stocking. Uh, and you, say, yeah. Steve will yes. say, Steve says, pole. <laughs> I'm having visions, and I know how it's going to happen. And, yeah. <laughs> Everyone but, looks at me and says, you are clearly a nutcase and not fit to lead, and yeah. Yeah, kicks my ass off the show, uh, which, is what, which is entirely what I would expect to have to happen to Optimus here, yeah. because he's you know, he's not the same Optimus. Yeah, I mean, I will agree with you that he is different, but then again, the guy has died twice. So yeah, he's tired of it. Death does change people. <laughs> it's not Transformers without Optimus Prime dying, though. Well, it's like Primal. Yeah. Look at how he ends up. <laughs> they gotta kill him too. Yeah, well, not only that, but he stayed uh, dead. Well, Prime stayed like how Primal was in Beast Machines for the most part. Yeah. Like he he was taking like little visions and things from, you know, Factor Sigma telling him what to do. Yeah, but I mean, as far as as far as the death of of the Primes, Primal actually stayed dead. Whereas technically not. They haven't given mean? him a chance to come back yet. Well, they did in the comics. They brought him back. Okay, oh, well, really? as far as the TV series, he's dead. Oh, in-universe, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, do you have any thoughts on the second episode, Steve? No. Not at all? No. <laughs> okay. You cut me off. Screw you. Oh, I didn't cut you off. No, I'm just messing with you. No, I don't have any comments. Okay. Uh, are we are we talking uh, synopsis comments or thoughts comments? At this point, I'm not really sure. I thought this was I thought this was the thoughts section. Oh, okay, because we just read through the uh, yeah, I just synopsis. Read, yeah, I'm not sure. I would I would come out and say though that you know uh, you know they're describing the hive and they're saying the hive lives deep underground and. Machines do everything for them now, and their bodies are withered husks, you know. And we meet them, and Zarek is like, you know, kissing the 44-inch pythons, going, you know, check out these big guns. Yes, this what is. What you going to do uh, when Zarek wraps his 44-inch Scorponok <laughs> pythons around you? I, I do actually have to bring something up about the Hive Underground City, um, but just, just to go back a little bit, yes, this is the thoughts for the second part, not the synopsis version. Um the fact that um, when the Decepticons get tossed down into the hive and they end up on the conveyor belt, if you look on the conveyor belt, you actually see the beginning parts of Scorponok with a Decepticon logo on it. Okay, oh. if, the, if the hive don't know who the Decepticons are, what they are, how the hell is there part of Scorponok in there with the Decepticon logo on it? Yeah, it looked like Scorponok in city mode. Yes, it was. And I didn't, I didn't see the logo, but yes. I was like, "Oh, check oh. it out, Scorponok! I know what's going to happen next." I will. I'll go back and I'll take a screenshot for you because, yeah, I was like, "What the? F- why is that there?" Yeah. And of course, that that that's going to come into play um, a little bit later in the episode, as the episode ends, where Scorponok comes out of the ground after the Autobots regain the key, and then, um, yeah, we'll talk about that in the third part of this discussion on Rebirth. 
So I think we're going to go on to the next, or the actual final part of the episode. On the next exciting episode of the Transformers, Galvatron transports Cybertron itself into Earth's orbit. There, he opens the deadly plasma energy chamber and the sun begins to go nova. While on the distant planet Nebulos, Spike races against time to create a super headmaster that can defeat the Decepticons once and for all. The fate of the Autobots, Cybertron, and Earth hangs in the balance. But who will survive the most titanic Transformer battle ever? Find out in the Earth-shattering conclusion of The Transformers Rebirth. Last episode, Galvatron, the treacherous leader of the Decepticons, tried desperately to gain possession of the key to the mysterious plasma energy chamber. The battle for this key led to the distant planet Nebulos, where a group of Autobots united with Nebulon rebels to become Headmasters and Target Masters. Two Autobots are better than one, Cyclonus! So that's where Gort and his rebels have been hiding. The heads of those metal beings become robotic exosuits. And where the Decepticons join forces with the merciless Hive. Remove your heads. Let the transformations begin. To become Decepticon Headmasters and Target Masters. Risking his very existence, Optimus Prime entered the supercomputer Vector Sigma and learned that plasma energy can destroy machines, robots, even entire stars. Annihilate them! But this information may have come too late. Zarak did it! Zarak, evil leader of the Nebulon Hive, has succeeded in turning the Hive's entire city into a new Decepticon super robot, the most powerful ever created. Prepare to feel the sting of Scarpanach! Alright, and finally up today is the third part of Rebirth. Um, according to the booklet, shut up Steve. The saga of the Generation 1 Transformers comes to a close as Galvatron uh, ignites a powerful rocket engines on his homeworld, moving Cybertron closer to Earth. Fortress Maximus and Scorponok, the largest headmasters ever, battle on Nebulos while the activated plasma energy chamber ignites the sun, causing it to go nova. The fate of Cybertron and every Transformer in creation rests in the hands of one brave human. Um, if you guys want to give some initial thoughts or if somebody wants to read the first couple of bullet points that I have because I'm putting the booklet back in the in the DVD case here take it away Steve <laughs> um, well the final episode starts with Scorponok capturing RC and Daniel as a result of them being headmasters um the Decepticons all board Scorpionok and decide to blast off and head for Cybertron, leaving the Autobots uh, stranded on Nebulos and spike their building out of the remnants of the old Hive City back before they had psychic powers, creating the start of Fortress Maximus. Yes. Um, the Decepticons have reached Cybertron, where Galvatron and the rest of them are battling Ultra Magnus, the remaining Autobots. Uh, the headmasters and target masters give the Autobots a beating. Um, 
the one line I wish I got, I didn't get it, um, was when Magnus said, if only Optimus Prime hadn't left us. Um, which kind of is true, but... It's kind of pointing out the horrible decision-making that Optimus has inherited from Rodimus. Oh, Lord. You Rodimus hater. Uh, but Galva- but Galvatron wants the organic beings out of... Or the, the Wait. Oh, okay, yeah. But Galvatron wants the organic be- beings out of their bodies until Zarek tells him that he has the key in his city banks. Galvatron is forced to go along with the Headmasters because they have what he wants. Back on Nebulos, Spike fixes Cerebros and convinces him to help in the fight to get Daniel back. Optimus gets a vision from Alpha Trion telling him that no harm can become of the key to the plasma energy chamber. That is the key to a miracle, which I know I've already said that today. Um, Cybertron's gone. The Autobots head for Earth because that's the one place Galvatron would take it. Um, Again, you know, Michael and I are going to disagree, but this, it may not be the best of plans, but at least it's a plan. And it actually is a copycat of Ultimate Doom as far as taking uh, Cybertron into Earth's orbit, which they don't actually show on Earth that it actually, that Cybertron's gravity does anything to Earth like it did in Ultimate Doom. Yeah, you think if you brought a moon, well, literally Cybertron's about the size of our moon, but you bring it that close to the planet, there's going to be all these tidal shifts, you're going to get all sorts of horrible things happening on on either side, either planet, actually, uh, due to the, the gravity wells. Yeah. But they don't go into that here. All they say is, you know, Galvatron's hell-bent on destroying, you know, everybody, yes. uh, you know, on both planets and blowing up the sun. Yes. Which, you know, it makes a good plan. Yes. Yeah, I guess. It makes a better plan than what he normally had in Season 3. Well, again, Galvatron shouldn't have a plan. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> as far as plans go, that's not a bad plan. I mean, if you want to take out a whole solar system, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. Um... Ultra, uh, let's see, where, where did I leave off? Okay, Galvatron has the key and is going to put a time delay on opening the chamber. I'm sorry, if pressing one button when Scourge opened it in the first episode automatically activates it, why the hell is this thing going to have a delay timer on it? <laughs> what kind of sense does that make? It makes almost as much sense as having a giant off switch. Long I have wondered about that accursed switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, there's a button here that reverses the polarity. Somebody get me Grimlock. We gotta take care of this. Yes. Um, on Nebulos, Spike and Cerebros find the Hive City and use it to build the Autobots' own super headmaster, Fortress Maximus. One thing I did notice that I haven't noticed a lot since the movie: Hot Rod, when uh, there, um, when Optimus is like. I I don't know what, what what's going on, but I'm gonna find out. And he transforms as they're all driving up. Um, when Hot Rod transforms back into robot mode, he does a flip, <laughs> just like he did in the movie a couple of times. Yeah. So it was that alternate transformation. Um, Alter Magnus tells Prime that he Galvatron has the key. Nebulons want to destroy the key, but Prime says no. It's the it, it it's not to be harmed. The Nebulons are headed to destroy the key anyways. Boy, them people don't listen, do they? Um, They head to Scorponok to stop the Nebulons from destroying the key. Cyclonus captures Optimus and the others. Uh, Which, again, energy stuff. Energy stuff? 
the energy bars. Oh, so, as soon yeah. as as soon as Optimus drives in, energy bars come down on them, holding them captive. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna immobilize you with the energy whips. Yes. And there you go. Now you're screwed. Yes. Um, let's see. Galvatron opens the chamber. Spike and Cerebro show up with the Autobot Super Headmaster Fortress Maximus, and basically a battle ensues with Fort Max pretty much, you know, not allowing the Decepticons to do shit because there's so many guns on the thing. Um, then a battle. That's right. A battle ensues between him and Scorponok, which I thought that was super cool. I actually took a screenshot. It's on the forums, uh, predaconempire.com slash cafespark, um, that uh, the Scorp- uh, Scorponok and Fort Max are, like, face-to-face. And it's like, you know, just a kind of like a wrestling pose type of deal, like, I'm going to get in your face now. <laughs> so I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, after, uh, Fort Max knocks Scorponok back into city mode, he transforms and Spike heads to rescue Daniel. He frees Prime and the others and argues with Optimus about rescuing his son, gets Daniel and RC free, but the chamber has been opened already. All the Autobots are dying, um, or dead, and Prime breathes, breathes to Spike that the chamber must be closed. Spike says that it won't stop the sun. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One from going Nova. And, you know, Prime says Vector Sigma promised a miracle. Spike gets the idea to reverse the rocket's polarity, which, uh, that seems illogical to me. Uh, (laughs) There's the reverse polarity. Yes. uh, Switch. You hit the switch and it reverses the polarity. Yeah. I don't know. There's Grimlock when we need him. Yes. So, um, you know, the, you know, they, they, they reverse the rocket, uh, bringing the excess solar energy straight into Vector Sigma. This restores Cybertron, and the Golden Age has come again. Optimus Prime tells Cerebros that there may always be Decepticons, but he has a different task for him. Uh, Nebulos Prime tells the Nebulons that they must become masters of their own fate, and he tells Cerebros that he will live there in, as the world's guardian. The episode and the G1 series ends with Galvatron and Zarek arguing over who will rule the galaxy. <laughs> kind of a mood point, yeah. Uh, yeah. So do Where we... Is... Go ahead. What? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I was, I was just going to say, uh, Zarek, you know, up until about three days ago, ruled a planet. <laughs> and now he's just kind of floating through space, and, and I have to, you know, evoke Team Rocket again. Because when, <laughs> when they finally blew up, uh, 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 you know, Scorponok, it just kind of went... Yeah. You know, Team Rocket blasting off again, and you know, so you've got uh, you know Galvatron and, and, and Lord Zarek there bickering back and forth, uh, you know, forever. Yes, I I think I actually have that. Um, but here is the end of G1. We've got to get this oversized shopping center in the air now. Prime. <laughs> 
just really really cool yes, yes yeah that's a nice ending. um and you know david wise even said in the um in the interview that you know they wanted to give the autobots a happy ending and as prime said even though there may always be decepticons you know at least they have a happy ending for now at least yeah. their planets revived 
And, yeah, I mean, for the entire Season 3, they had control, of the Autobots had control of Cybertron, yeah. but it was still a rundown wreck. You know, they, they can happily go and blow up everybody well, else's societies. Here we go. Societies we're, we're not, get, we're not getting into better. that. We're not getting into I'm just saying, the whole time they say Cybertron is so much better, but now finally yeah. Cybertron's restored. You know, and not, and I know you're going to make the, the uh, parallel, but well, not the I'll make the parallel when worse. we get to the thoughts section. Um, so I think, uh, Steve, do you have any initial thoughts on the plot for the third and final episode of Rebirth? Steve? Steve! That's him no, snoring. he's gone. Yeah, Steve left. Is he? Crap. He might have... Oh, well, he yeah, must have... Oh, crap. Must have dropped. Didn't even realize that. Well, we can close off the synopsis here and, and yes, recontact him. Yes, we can do that, so we're going to go on to our thoughts. All right, it is time for our thoughts on Rebirth, Part 3. This is the final part of the story. Um, overall, I think this is a nice ending for the Autobots, at least. Um, of course, the, the Decepticon threat is always going to loom, but at least it's, you know, not friggin' Headmasters where Optimus Prime dies again. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Um, do you guys they have... let him live this time. Yeah, really. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts on the final part of Rebirth? I I uh, liked the third episode basically because uh, there was actual character development here. There was stuff going on that didn't have to do with introducing 20 new characters. That's because they were already introduced. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, in the first episode, they introduced 20 new characters. In the second episode, they introduced... You know, all the target masters, all the headmasters, mm-hmm. uh, and now that everybody's introduced, well, with the exception of Fort Max, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is introduced, they can start fighting, and we can see where all, where this is going to take us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, on that level, I mean, I think that was what's really aggravated me about the first two episodes was there's very little story going on because we're constantly being introduced to new characters. Yes. You know, even if it's just, hi, my name's Pinpointer, and I shoot things. You know, <laughs> like, you know, do I really need to see that? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I did, because, you know, they're introducing all new toys, but yes. you know, at the same time, it's like, man, you know, there's, there's too many introductions here. Yes. Um, yes. What did you think, Steve? Um, well, it's definitely the best of the three. Yeah. Um, and it wraps things up rather nicely instead of... Um, with really any big loose ends, but it just um, shows that things will continue as they always have throughout the series. Oh, yeah. Um, And I will take this opportunity to point out, uh, the only part I'm going to point out, really, as a comparison, is when in Rebirth, where they take the energy from the sun and revitalize Cybertron, and then in Beast Machines, in Endgame Part 3, Seeds of the Future... Primal and Megatron get into a battle, and giant explosion happens. All of a sudden, all the sparks from from the Maximals or the the the, the Beast Machines, Transformers people, whatever, are back. Rat Traps back. Uh, Cheetor, Black Arachnia, Silverbolt, everybody's back. Um, 
and Cybertron has been reformatted into a techno-organic planet. Um, and I think that, you know, that it does resemble Rebirth very much, just in that aspect of the two storylines being, you know, kind of the same. As far, yeah. as far as the reformatting of the, of the planet. Now, whether that's, you know, if people want to disagree, that's fine, but that's just the way that I see it, and because I think that's where they got um, the, um, you know, where Beast Machines got that storyline was... Reformatting the planet. Yeah, was from G1. I think the big difference here is that in G1, the, the planet has been ravaged by the Great War, still hasn't been properly rebuilt. Uh, and with all this excess plasma energy or from sun energy or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, going into Vector Sigma, then re- Vector Sigma being able to rebuild the planet and, and coat it in gold, no less, mm-hmm. uh, was just kind of neat. Whereas in Beast Machines, the planet is in fine shape. And I'm assuming because... You know the 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 recoding in gold happened thousands of years previously in that timeline. Yeah. But uh, you know the planet's in fine shape, uh, but it's it's just devoid of life. Yeah. Because yeah. of uh, you know Megatron's virus. Uh, but when all these sparks come back, somehow that also changes the planet from you know pure metal uh, into the the metal and kind of metal and organic mix, a techno-organic planet. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there as far as the differences, but I mean, the main, the main similarities that I'm pointing out is in both cartoons, in both episodes, that, you know, they are similar in how the reformatting goes, but yet they're yeah. different. But I mean, it's still, you know, when I first saw that in Beast Machines, when I first ever watched that on, on the DVD, I'm like, oh, wow. It's Rebirth Beast Machine style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I actually thought the end of Beast Machines was much more epic than the end of Rebirth. I, yeah, I, 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 oh, yeah. I, I will agree with that, yes. Yeah. Um, and before we move on, um, I will play this. Ex- oh, wh- what? Wait, what, huh? Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I actually had the thought oh. that I was going to throw out there. Okay, well, throw it out there. Okay, then. Uh, well, you know, I, I think we had mentioned earlier about Cerebros, his alt mode, being like a little tiny Fort Max. Yes. Yeah, and I had thought that uh, that the scale was thrown completely out because you know, there's Autobots standing there in front of a, you know, a, a, a Fort Max half their size. But it was, in fact, uh, Cerebros in his alt mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I thought was kind of strange. Uh, but, you know, hearkening back to Cerebros and his I don't want to fight anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go back to to Paradrome, where Par- the whole planet's full of pacifists who don't want to fight. You know, and and you know, Rodimus Prime basically comes in and says, "Yes, you will fight, you bunch of pusses, because if you don't, I'll put my foot in your ass." You're just a Rodimus hater, but I mean, you know, I I will bring this up now. Throughout the entire G1 cartoon, there has always been in in one season or another one character who does not want to fight. Season yeah. one, it was Mirage. Season two uh, was. Um, uh, actually, season two and three, I believe, was first aid. Um, or I know it was yeah. first aid in first aid, yeah. in three. season three. I don't I don't know who it was in two. And then obviously you have Cerebros here. Um, so at least they're trying to give off some good message and not just total cartoon robot on robot violence. 
No, they just had robo hippies. Robo hippies, that's right. Peace, man. God. Well, there's a scene that they didn't show here uh-huh. where, uh, uh, you know, uh, Spike is working on Cerebros, and, and Cerebros says, you know, I'm not going to fight. You can't make me fight. And, and Spike says, you know, you're a giant puss. You're going to fight whether you like it or not. And then Hot Rod comes in and says, you're a giant puss. You're going to fight whether you like it or no, not. That, no, Sky, no, like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. giant pile of guns. Stop. I like where this is headed. <laughs> He's he, he's basically saying that Skylinks comes in and shits out a giant pile of guns. That's what happens. He does. <laughs> oh, no. Skylinks no. comes in, shits out the guns, and then Spike says, that's a huge fucking pile of guns, Skylinks. I think I'm going to put that on the sides of my city. And next thing you know, you've got this city with an impossible amount of guns raining down fire on uh, on the Decepticons. Well, it's like, how the hell did they get all them guns? Skylinks shit out all them guns. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, my God. He had enough guns to, to arm an entire planet. Oh, my God. You are crazy. Um, so before we move on to the um, next part of the episode, I'm going to play this. As this world's guardian. Thank you, Optimus Prime. It's a miracle. It's a miracle we finally got this flying junk pile of yours stabilized. You were the idiot who opened the plasma energy chamber, Galvatron. Silence! There is much to do. We will attack other planets. We will suck them dry. We will rebuild the planet a hundred times more powerful than Cybertron. And I will rule the galaxy! Who will rule the galaxy? Me! It is my destiny! We shall see, Galvatron. We shall see. And I must say about the clip, and I didn't mention this before, is, I mean, the majority of these voice actors, for the most part, are ones that have been throughout the entire series, with the exception of Vincent Price, who played Zarek. Um, the only other place, as far as animation, that I know him from was he was the the headmaster, and I don't mean robot, but the headmaster for the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Uh Mr. Yeah. Price? Jesus. Well, he was in. He he voiced the character in that. I, oh, as far as voice acting goes, no, he's yeah. in everything. Well, well, back in the day, Vincent Price was like the yes. master horror. Um, but that's. I didn't realize that he was he was Zarek because I was thinking, Zarek has a very cool yes. voice. Vincent Price. Yes. Yeah, I I didn't realize that. That was yes. fantastic. And um, before we go on to our overall um, G1 recap and. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Season 3 Part 2 and Season 4 set. I think we need to hear Rat Trap, just because we kind of talked about Beast Machines earlier. So I'm a tree hugger. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Scott McNeil, you gotta love him. So we'll be, we won't be right back, but stay tuned for the next segment. Somebody called me up. I don't think it was Jay. I don't know who it was. It was somebody at Sunbow, and I can't remember who now. Sorry, whoever you were. And said, we're doing uh, a five-parter Transformers, uh, and we want you to write it. And it's going to be the whole season. It's just going to be this five-parter. Yeah, five-parter. And uh, keyword there, (laughs) five-parter. And I went, uh, sure, because you guys pay more for your scripts than Marvel ever did. 
cool, <laughs> you know. And also, it's the Transformers, and I hadn't done it for a year and a half, and 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 I, and I, I actually sort of missed it. And I went, okay, t show me what you got. And it's well, we've got these new characters. We've got these things called Headmasters and Target Masters. And when they showed me the thing, and I counted, it's something like a hundred and thirty because the heads become robots and the bodies are robots and the heads become vehicles and the bodies become vehicles and the weapons of the heads also are robots that become you know and it was like 130 characters or something like that and i was like i can do this five parts <laughs> i can do this it's basically you know there are times when you can't do what you want and what you do is you take your marching order and this was what we call the toy parade it was literally like get the toys out it's just to show the toys you know, it, and it was, the, the nature of it was, you know, it's not like I could go, oh, no, my artistic integrity will not allow me to do this. Give me some other tr Transformer toys to, to, to write about, because those were the toys for that year's wave of Transformers. The problem was, I mean, there was a clever idea, uh, they were clever ideas as toys, but they didn't really make for great characters because you have these sort of, you have these double robots, and they were, uh, they were like a line. There was like... 12 headmasters and there were 12 target masters and there were 12 and how do you start differentiating and doing character and you know all that kind of stuff when you've got these guys who are sort of more or less identical so basically the first problem that faces you as a writer with a show like that is how do you introduce like 130 how do you create because we couldn't ideally I would just take them as like they were created before the beginning of the show and now we're, we're, we're coming on. They, they're pre-existing. That saves you a lot of headache. But the thing is, there were like Autobot headmasters and there were Decepticon headmasters. And it's like, well, wait a minute. They both thought this idea up independently. It's like you have no choice but to show how they make it about how they got created because, first of all, it's such a wacky idea. <laughs> and second, it's like they both sides have, have them. So obviously... You know, I mean, that leads you to suggest one side comes up with them, and the other side goes, oh, darn, they've got, you know, they, <laughs> wish, we had, wish we had us one of them doomsday devices, you know, and now we got to make our own headmasters. So uh, the story immediately became about how these characters came into being, and I thought I actually did a fairly clever idea of coming up with this whole idea of this planet where there was a rebellion, and there was this thing called the Hive, and they were just mind people because they're going to go in the heads of the headmasters, and... All that kind of stuff. And, and, and that became the thrust of the plot. And uh, I, you know, worked on characters for the individual headmasters and whatnot. And it was like really, it was really tight. With five episodes, it was really tight. But it managed to play out as sort of a semi-character thing. And I wrote the story outline, and I turned it into Sunbow of the whole five-parter. And they called back and they said, we love it. It's great. Everything's wonderful. We've had a budget cutback. It's a three-parter. <laughs> and I went, you've got to be freaking kidding me. A three-parter. And I did some very quick math in, in my head, and I said, you know, if we brought these, with, with all the different characters we have to introduce, the new Transformer characters to introduce, if we brought them out, <clears throat> like, sequentially, we would be bringing on a new character, it's something like every 28 seconds. I mean, literally. It was somewhere between 30 and 90 seconds. I forget exactly. We have to redo the math, but it was, it was ridiculous. So they said, just bring them on in gangs. Just bring on, you know, all 12 at once and all 12 at once, which is what we wound up doing. It's still the silliest thing in the world for me, to, for these guys. It's not so much that they come on and they've got these individual personalities. And I, I don't know, did they actually go to 
What is the machine that gives the Transformers their personalities? Oh, God, there's 18,000 fans out there going, it's Vector Sigma! <clears throat> okay, Vector Sigma. I don't think they got their personalities from Vector Sigma. Oh, because they were organic in nature. We actually, because of the, 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 we actually use people in this, the, the hive minds and whatnot. So they would have personalities, although they really had nothing much to do with their personalities before they became headmasters. But I loved how it's like, but they have to have the name, you know. Yeah, I'm Bullseye, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm Big Brain, and I'm, you know, it's like, it's like, more importantly, it's not just that I've been turned into this weird cybernetic creature, but I got this neat name, you know. So what we wound up doing was cutting out just a chunks of story, you know, and plot-like substance out of the thing, and just bringing these guys on in gangs. So while that obviously didn't thrill me, there was one thing in doing this that I really liked, and to this day I still like about, about those three episodes, which is I kind of knew going in this was going to be the end of the Transformers. And, of course, it wasn't the end of the Transformers, but it was the end of these Transformers. And there was no place in the plot, really, for Optimus Prime because there was so much stuff going on. But I loved Optimus Prime. Uh, I was very glad that they brought him back, and I think it was Marv Wolfman who brought him back. Uh... I was talking the other day to Wendy Peeney, who is uh, uh, a great, uh, one of the great comic book creators of this or any generation. She, she does ElfQuest. And she's a big cartoon fan. And she mentioned, or I mentioned Optimus Prime, and she said, the greatest leader character in the history of, like, you know, superheroes. I said, absolutely right. He is, like, the, one of the greatest c characters I've ever written for. Uh, and the reason he works so well, and the fans, I mean, they, the fans brought him back, right? I mean, they killed him off in the movie. Why'd they kill him off? Well, the toy head was not selling anymore, right? Uh, and the fans just screamed, and they had to bring him back. Early on, I heard from my friend Bryce Malick, who's the story editor of the first 65 transfer, co-story editor with uh, Dick Robbins, uh, that very early on, Jeffrey Scott, who's a very well-known animation writer, was brought in to do some development at, on Transformers. And his big contribution was, on Optimus Prime, he said, he's Abe Lincoln. And I was like, that's brilliant. Of course, with malice toward none. Here's this guy who's, they're stuck on Earth. They're in a desperate situation. He's got all these fractious personalities who are constantly, you know, butting up against each other and having rivalries and whatnot. And he's the guy who can handle all of them. Just the most fantastic leader, even though he's a straight arrow and he, he really has no irony or anything. Just a great leader character. So, um, and in fact, such a great leader character that I actually, there was a show I did called Kremzeek, which was about these little energy demons, and I, I always called it my, my Roadrunner episode of Trans... It was the Transformers we tried to, where we tried to do a Roadrunner cartoon because Megatron sends this little guy over, this little ready kilowatt energy guy and he can jump into any of the Autobots and immediately shut them down, make them go crazy and they make their heads spin around, they shut down and like 92% of the Autobots get clobbered in the first like three minutes of this thing Spike and his dad come up with this way of insulating Optimus Prime and like three other, the last three remaining ones and they chase after him, he jumps into their screen, he's off to Japan he can ride, this, this character can ride radio beams, anything electrical he can ride on He's in Japan. They got to take uh, Omega Supreme and go over to Japan. They're, they're, 
and there's this, and, and they're chasing him, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And all the way through, they keep there's this running thing of they keep asking Prime, okay, Optimus, what's the plan? He's, and Prime's going, who's had time to think of a plan? What are you talking about? So what was wonderful about that was because he was always such an in-control character, when he says the situation is out of control, you really believe it. It's really out of control. He was a great character, and, and I wanted to involve him deeply somehow in this, these final episodes of, of the original Transformers. So I came up with this whole idea of this mystical vision coming to him from uh, 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 Omega Supreme uh, that all of this horrible stuff that was happening with these new this, this whole new war that seemed to be happening was actually for a good purpose. And the good purpose winds up being the, cre- the, the rebirth of Cybertron. And granted, it was corny the way we did it, and it was certainly, certainly not the most scientific. You know, we pulled all the energy out of a sun or something silly like that. You know, this, those are the moments I call, okay, engage the balonium drive, you know. <laughs> but, but that it finally gave the Autobots a happy ending, that they got Cybertron back. And, uh, uh, and, and in a way set up, an, if they had wanted to take it this way, where... Here the Decepticons are now completely, you know, exiled and disenfranchised, and the Autobots have the planet that they've been fighting over all these years. But to give Optimus Prime something as massive to do as basically solving what has been the Autobots' problem from show one, which is our home world is destroyed and we're stuck on Earth, I loved being able to do that. That was my, my that was worth just bringing on those gangs of headmasters and target masters, you know, in, in huge numbers. And they there was they had no characters to speak of, and they just you couldn't follow who was who or what was what. Uh, the, the basic problem, you know, and and why we couldn't do what I was talking about with doing character stories is just the toy line. Uh, there were too many toys. They were all too similar. Uh, th- that was a slight problem. I did a two-parter called the Key to Vector Sigma where uh, we created the aerial bots who were the, the flying Autobots and the Stunticons who were the driving Decepticons. Where those are vehicles that neither side had had before. And uh, uh, they, were, they were like four, I think four each or five each. And you can only give one or two of them really strong personalities. So whenever you have a gang, you just are not doing your strong character show. And... I, I mean, we had like a hundred. I swear, it's like something like a hundred and thirty on this. It was, you know, that that the show, that those three episodes remotely are watchable is like almost a miracle. But I, I really did all the stuff. The stuff with the headmaster one I didn't like, but the stuff with with Optimus Prime, I just loved. I loved being able to write that character again. How Cerebro sort of came to be the lone voice in the wilderness is. Um, it just sort of came out of logical thinking, and again, it's something that got cut way back when it went when it got scrunched down from five episodes to three. <clears throat> but you assume that the intelligent people are going to become the heads. It's just logical thinking, and that then led me to think, well, you know, an intelligent person would be against all this war, and therefore we must have a character who says. What he really is, is Adelaide Stevenson in, you know, the Situation Room or the, the Oval Office or whatever, where they're having the meetings on the Cuban Missile Crisis, and, and the, or do we blockade, do we, do we actually go in and attack, and all these generals are pushing for, you know, this, these hawkish moves against Cuba, 
And Adelaide Stevenson said, you know, why don't we just, like, openly talk with them? And nobody wanted to do that because it sounded like appeasement, like what uh, 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 Neville Chamberlain had done with, with Hitler. And, but somebody had to do it. Afterwards, JFK said somebody had, Adelaide, Adelaide did the thing that somebody had to do. And my feeling was somebody had to, had to say, you know, this is wrong no matter what. This kind of violence is wrong. And also I thought, oh, what a sneaky little thing to, <laughs> to put in a Sunbow show where there's like the, the, sort of the wall-to-wall, no-consequence violence uh, because they were... And, and this also coming from a guy who tried to write the single most violent episode of Transformers, which was called War Dawn. Uh, it got... It got I, I actually wrote a sequence that was so violent, they cut it, that Sunbow or somebody cut it back. Uh, I don't know if you remember War Dawn, but that was... Um, it's actually one of my two favorite episodes that I wrote. It, uh, we had created the aerial bots, who were the flying Autobots. And they were young and naive. And, uh, and, and I thought, well, there's, there was something about Rambo was really big at the time and, 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 and Schwarzenegger movies and whatnot. And there was this sort of love of this sort of macho character. And, and I thought, what if somebody could see the reality behind that? So I had these naive, new, newly born uh, Autobots go, well, you know, the Decepticons are, are really powerful. That's, you know, you know, maybe we're on the wrong side. These guys, you know, have an iron will. And the leader, who's sort of the insecure one, going, eh, you know, guys, not really. So what we, th- what we then did was threw them back in time they, they, that leads them into a, a Decepticon trap that on Cybertron that throws them back in time to literally two days or a day before the war between the Decepticons and the Autobots started. And um, they get to see firsthand the consequences of war. And they make friends with a, a, a robot named uh, Orion Pax and his friend, his girlfriend Ariel and, and another robot. And there was some wonderful bonding stuff that they wound up cutting out of the episode, which would have made it. The script was perfect. The episode had a few problems. But, uh, and, and they bond with the, you know, and they go, wow, these are great guys. And then the war starts. And the way the first, sh- I said, we're gonna, I'm going to write the first shot in, the, in this millennia-long war between these two forces. And it's going to be because, okay, if you haven't seen the episode and you're a Transformers fan, just turn the volume down now, okay? Because this is spoiler warning, okay? Spoiler ahead. Orion Pax is going to be reborn as, as Optimus Prime. And, but he needs to be killed first to be reborn as Optimus Prime. And uh, so, what, you know, I, he's going to be the first one to get shot, and he's going to get shot by Megatron. And this is Megatron's, even though chronologically, obviously, we'd seen a, a whole lot of Megatron before this. Said, so, you know, really in the chronology of the show, this is the first bad thing Megatron ever does. I always believe that the villain has to kick the dog, and the harder the villain kicks the dog and the nastier the villain kicks the dog, the better it is because the more you go, oh, yes, when the villain gets it at the end. So in the script, <laughs> Orion Pax, soon to be Optimus Prime, comes up to Megatron and goes, hi, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just doing some unloading. As a, and and then and 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 he goes, well, we are not supposed to be in here. It's, it's and Megatron goes, oh, I can be wherever I want. And he whips out his blaster. He shoots Optimus at point blank range. And this they actually did keep in. He shoots Orion Pack right in the shoulder, at point blank range. That part they kept in. He blows his arm off, and he 
this they didn't keep in. He takes his arm and decapitates him <laughs> with it. That they cut. But I'm the guy who wrote the anti-war scenes, and I have this sort of weird duality <laughs> about me. Uh, uh, but that that was probably, and that never never made quite final air in that form. But the, the scene is still moderately, you know, disturbing, even the way they did it. But I just love that. Just knock his head off with his own arm. And and then when uh, when he when he's reborn at the end of the episode, his opposite is Prime, and and, and Megatron goes, "Who are you?" And he goes, "Your worst nightmare." Boom! You're like, "Yes, get Prime." <laughs> Last night I was talking to somebody, and they said, "You know, the new turtles are looking for a writer. Why don't you go talk to them?" And I was like, "You know, I did a hundred episodes. I think I made my statement in that." And then I was thinking, "Is there any show that I would ever, if they brought to me, that I ever want to write before again?" And it was Transformers. Uh, Turtles will always be my favorite show because I am those four guys. I just took myself, or who I wish I was, and broke myself into four pieces and, and put it into those guys. But number two would absolutely have to be Transformers because they were such great characters. That's why it still lives. Is is not you know it, it isn't because of 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 you know the the and all the folding and all that. What got it started was, like any of these kids' phenomena, from, from Transformers to Pokemon to Power Rangers, is it's the thing kids get that adults totally don't understand. You could see the kids could and do the transformations with it, you know, in two seconds, and, and their fathers would be going, you know, and, and it makes kids feel empowered. Um, but what kept, what has kept such a strong fan base alive is, they're just great characters. It was a great situation. It's somehow or other this very crass commercial setup of we've got 192 toys that we need to publicize uh, came together in such a way that it was it, it was the lightning in the bottle that you, you every once in a while hear about. And I was actually thinking just last night, you know, I wish they'd bring them back. I actually, I, I have a couple of story ideas. <laughs> you know, so in my heart, it's second only to Turtles. I, I really enjoyed working on it. because this is the final episode of the TFG1 podcast, episode 24, which I just realized will be released on the 24th day of the month. I don't know how the hell I worked that into being ironic, but um, uh, we're going to talk about the season... Well, I am going to kind of talk about the uh, season 3, part 2, and season 4 DVD set. I think this is my favorite... J just the box itself is my favorite set overall because you have a purple an orangish Autobot logo on the front of it. Um, the special features that are on this set, uh, besides the digital transfer and the Dolby Digital uh, Surround, or Dolby Digital 5.1, there's an interview with David Wise. There, um, I believe there is some PSAs on here. Um, and then there is the, uh, you can actually watch Rebirth as a film instead of the three-episode type, you know, to-be-continued type deals. Um, so that's really cool. Again, it opens up and we see um, the actual scene where the Nebulons have, excuse me, captured all of the Autobots. And it doesn't really open up anymore to, 
to, to reveal another scene, because this is actually the thinnest set out of all of them, um, out of all the Rhinos sets. Um, and again, it's, you know, the discs are color-coded to the back of each one of their things, purple, yellow, and gray. Um, overall, you know, just for this set by itself, I, you know, obviously, if you're a G1 fan, you're going to want the... Even though the audio and the Rhino things are, are, are screwed up and it's not the true audio, broadcast audio, it's still good to have them because at the time it was the only version of the G1 cartoon that we had on DVD. Um, and, of course, Shout Factory has released their complete series, Matrix Edition, which I have been officially proven wrong. All of the subsequent seasons of individual sets that Shout Factory will be putting out all of those features, like the uh, Autobot Triple Changer in the first season set, is actually on the Matrix set. Um, Kevin, my uh, co-host over at Tooncast, told me that um, all of the features that are in... He said it actually says Season 1 features, Season 2 features, Season 3 features, so he said there's like three full discs of, of, of special features, which I think is super, super cool. Nice. Yes, nice. Um... So I think we're going to start with Steve on overall G1 memories. What, you know, out, you know, just in, include anything and everything you'd, you'd like to talk about. Like what was your favorite maybe episode or what was your favorite moment or favorite quote or whatever? Um, Probably my favorite characters overall that I think withstood the entire run of the series would have to be Prime and Starscream, um, two of the characters that I most enjoyed throughout the entire saga, uh, next to Megatron, who disappeared after the movie. And uh, as for my favorite episode, I would have to say probably uh, next to like the Starscream episodes, I'd have to say the return of Optimus Prime yeah. was the most epic for me. Probably the... Um, second part, actually. Yeah. Um, just because you get to see Prime actually get back into the thick of things and uh, a little bit unsure of him, yeah. more human than what he's been in the past. Yeah. And probably, uh, although there were a lot of gimmicks and uh, screw-ups in some of the show, um, I think overall it was a great show to watch for the 80s and one not to be missed. So um, if one has a chance, I would recommend getting it from Shout Factory. Yes, and I did see uh, Shout Factory actually uh, replied to, I guess, a question one of my other Toycast hosts uh, sent in to them on Twitter. General Techno asked them something about the something about the Matrix set, and I wasn't I didn't see what he asked, but they replied to him. We did not bring all of the Matrix sets to Comic-Con. You will have four to five weeks after Comic-Con to still order one, that it would still be available. So um, hopefully some generous listener will go to the website and get one for me because I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with the money in that amount of time to uh, to get one, and I really don't want to miss out on it. Because uh, well, no, those, those are going to see general release. No, they're, they're not. not. No, they are not. Shout Factory has specifically said that they will not before general release at all. Huh. They are an exclusive set type of deal through them, through the TransformersCollectorsSet.com. Once they're sold out, that's it. They won't make any more, I don't think. But I remember, because 
Techno had asked them a couple about a month ago if it was ever coming to general release because he doesn't like ordering online, and they said no. As of right now, it is not coming to general release at all. See, and that's why I'm just because one, I can't afford to drop that much money at once. Um, I'm just going to buy them separately as they get released because chances are I'll get them on sale for like 17 bucks, and yeah. in the long run we'll save about 50, 60 bucks, even though I won't get the cool case. You won't get the cool case. You won't get the voice actor panel. That's going to be online within hours. I mean, God. If, yeah, it's not, if it's not already. I'm sure at some point I'll see it. What yeah. are your um, What are your overall memories? Favorite episodes? Favorite characters from G1, Michael? Uh, you know, I think most of my favorite characters kind of come out of the first and second seasons. I mean, I, I really liked the, the Dinobots. Uh, I really liked the Insecticons. Uh, Soundwave was always kind of one of my favorites. We didn't hear a lot out of him, but whenever he was on the screen, you know, it, it's a, it was exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, I'm talking about my, my 12-year-old self. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, mean, I really like those early characters uh, from 84, 85. Yeah, I mean, I do have to agree. The first two seasons had a lot of great characters. I will always, my main Decepticon favorites will always be Soundwave and Astro Train. Um, as far as the Autobots, um, Optimus is a given. Um, I did like Blaster, but I didn't like him as much as I did Soundwave. Um, and then obviously Hot Rod, he was cool, Rodimus. Uh, but that's just my picks. Um, and then um, as, you know, the movie came through, I mean, the movie is just epic. Yeah, it, yeah, there are some flubs in it, you know, obviously with Dead Ironhide floating across the battle platform. Yeah. On the, But, I mean, you know, that is just a thing. If anyone, you know, uh, Mike Dodd told me this one time. If I, I think it's actually on our episode 16 roundtable. Um, if anyone wants to get into animation... They should watch it, 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 you know, go to animation school or whatever. It should be recommended viewing that they view TFTM just because it was, you know, done so well musically and just the story itself was, was very, very good. Um, would this be, and I know, Steve, you don't have kids, but would, would this be something that you guys, the overall cartoon, show to your kids? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've actually shown it to my nephews. Uh, I remember when Armada was out, and you know they they, <laughs> they showed uh, yeah they showed uh, you know Unicron, and you know there, there was all these things going on, and uh, my nephews were like, oh I love Unicron and it's the coolest thing, and it's like you know what you you haven't seen Unicron yet, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna show you Unicron and yeah. it's gonna blow your mind completely, you know, and yeah we sat down we watched Transformers the movie and and their mind was. Uh, Sufficiently blown. Yes, I may actually have to go watch that while I'm while this is uh, uh, recording to to edit uh, after a while after we're done here. But um, I think we're going to go into the closing. Unless you guys have any final thoughts on the G1 cartoon overall, would you like to say anything, either one of you? Uh, no. Uh, I was going to say, you know, if I had to pick a favorite episode, it'd probably be the first one when the Autobots could still fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when it meets the eye, yeah. Yeah, but they they introduce the characters, and you know, Prime 
you know, has an axe and, and Megatron has, has the flail and it's just it's just a, a terribly cool introduction to the characters. Yes, yes it was. So we are going to um end this part of the show and then go into the uh, uh I'll probably put some ads in um in between this and the outro, so we're gonna leave you with this. Never quit the sun. This world is ours. Optimus Prime shall die again. You got the touch. What is this? You got the power. Now the light of our darkest hour. You got the touch. Stan Bush here, and you're listening to the TFG1 Podcast, fulfilling all your Generation 1 Transformers needs. The TFG1 Podcast has all your 80s goodness with full coverage of the Generation 1 cartoon and beyond. This is Mike the Birdman Dodd saying live free or die hard and listen to this goddamn podcast. Down their one destiny, two passes more.
Hey everybody, this is TFG1 Mike, and we just ended the 24th episode of the TFG1 Podcast. I would just like to thank everyone, thank all the listeners for listening. Please continue to listen. If you're, you know, six months down the road and you're like, oh wow, I want to remember G1, but I don't have the DVDs, or I don't have, you know, the new Matrix set or whatever else, you can come to the TFG1 Podcast on iTunes and GeekCastRadio.com. Uh, and listen and reminisce about this awesome 80s cartoon. I would like to thank all of the listeners again. Uh, I very much appreciate it. This was my first podcasting thing, um, and I believe I found my voice in doing this, considering I do nine other shows with my buddy Steve Megatron over on uh, geekcastradio.com. So this is just an awesome run. It was an awesome ride. I'm sorry to see it end, but I wanted to end it on a good note, which was the Rebirth Saga. Um, So please tune in to the TFG1 Podcast. Thank you for joining us here on the TFG1 Podcast. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. The first is you can visit the geekcastradio.com website and find all the other GCRN podcasts there. The second is that you can stop by predaconempire.com slash cafespark and get all your GCRN slash Transformers discussion topics there. The third is you can leave us show feedback on iTunes. Yes, please do this. We need reviews. Five-star feedback is appreciated. The fourth is you can visit our uh, forum topics over at earth-2.net under the self-promotion section. And the fifth is the email address, which is tfg1podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show name there is... TFG1 Podcast, mine, uh, whoops, yeah, and what are your all's Twitters? SCP21. And mine would be Pecan Court Michael, P-E-C-A-N-C-T-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. M-O-U-S-E. Mickey Mouse. Um, and I would just like to say before I go into the closing line, um, the TFG1 Podcast is ending. This will be the last live episode for a long time probably until I can get a Matrix set, and I will probably come back with a 25th episode. Um, it, it's been just awesome doing this. Uh, this is my first podcast. Originally it was going to take two years, <laughs> but I fast-tracked it to six months. <laughs> Due to geekcastradio.com launching. Yes, exactly, and all the other shows that we're doing right now. Um, you know, it's just been a complete blast. I, I've enjoyed, you know, a lot of the email and a lot of the Twitters, you know, people have have uh, followed me on there. Um, Special interactions and uh, interviews. Yes, I cannot thank Stan Bush enough for the interview that he did with me on the 16th episode. That was so super cool. Um, and, you know, I'm just glad that this will be out there for as long as Steve and I are alive, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, you can always go to iTunes and search for it. You can go to the GeekCast Radio website and... Um, you know, look for episodes there, which it also has the feed burner link there. So for now, I am TFG1 Mike with Steve slash Megatron Phillips and Michael Wilson saying in the immortal words of Optimus Prime, Autobots, roll out, perhaps for the last time. And thank you for listening until we meet again.